The rioting in major cities across the U.S. has spread to Naples, Florida. Looters in Florida's friendliest hometown have especially broken into stores that sell items like laxatives, vitamins, hearing aids, reading glasses, energy drinks, and surgical stockings. The thugs were easily caught and arrested since they were using their walkers and golf carts to flee. The protesters have been limited to the evening hours because most of the lawbreakers either had doctor's appointments during the day or rioting would have interfered with their naps. The marches didn't last long because many of the demonstrators had to go home to use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, they did. In many cases, the demonstrators simply forgot why they were even there. Officials considered a curfew starting at 9 p.m., but since that's the time when most of the residents go to bed anyways, it was decided that it wasn't needed. Community leaders concluded that part of the problem was that residents were restless because they had too much time on their hands since the recreation centers, pools, theaters, boutique stores, and especially the bars were closed during the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm grateful to be here during these times with all that is going on. But you know, the reality is, over the past months, there have been significant trials and protests and riots and arson and all kinds of different things. There's been a real sense for people of a loss of security, uh, financially, health-wise, uh, the violence, um, even their homes being safe. Uh, incredible degree of uncertainty and also aloneness for people. Some people I have talked to haven't been out of their home uh, since this whole time has begun. And so it's been a very significant trial for a lot of different people. And in fact, some of uh, the so-called leaders in our land have actually enabled criminal behavior by not prosecuting those who have uh, been engaged in it and promoted this sense of fear and um, a sense of people really being on their own and wondering what tomorrow is going to bring. And so in the midst of this reality and all that's going on, the psalm for today, I think, is really appropriate. Psalm 119, verse 105, the very first verse. It says, your word is a light unto my feet and a, light unto my, a lamp unto my path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That whole idea of a lamp being something that we carry along, almost like our flashlight of today where we shine and we kind of see where we immediately are. And then the light being something much greater, almost like the light of the moon or the sun that can illuminate our journey further out on the trail that we're on. And so it's important for us in this time, as turbulent as it is, to be open to God's Word and what God's Word would speak to us. You know, when things are getting shaken up, when things are uncertain, when we're not sure where to turn and we're kind of confused, God's Word can really be a source of incredible strength and really a firm foundation on which to base our life. Um, again, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, and again, I keep being brought back to this particular verse. I shared this verse somewhat last week, but I'd like to highlight it again today because I really think is it a, it's a verse for this moment, not only for a lamp for our feet in terms of immediate steps to take, but a light for us in the days and the weeks and the months to come. Second Chronicles 7.14, of my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. 
Um, you know, the, most, the, the, the way this verse begins is very interesting, and the way the verse begins is an invitation for us as God's people to humble ourselves before Him, uh, to come before Him in a, in a spirit of humility and surrender. I don't know what humility means for you, but for me, humility is something um, that means to get low. Uh, a lot of times for me, that means beginning my day with my face on the ground and my knees bent, surrendering to God. That's one of the things I love about our church is that we actually have kneelers. And I think kneeling is a very important physical demonstration and act that you and I can, be, can engage in. It's a sign of humility. It's a sign of reverence. It's a sign that God is greater than us. And it's a sign that we surrender to His will in our lives. And so this physical demonstration of humility and surrender is incredibly important. Um, it's not that I still don't have struggles in my life. <laughs> it's not that I don't have my good days and my rough days just like you. But I find by beginning my, that day, my day like that on my face with my knees before God sets the right tone for the day. And at least there's been one moment in my day when I remembered who God was, and who I am. So again, in Chronicles, we're reminded to begin our life with God by humbling ourselves before God and acknowledging who He is. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face. So again, this whole idea of prayer and seeking God's face is to pursue God. And again, as we begin our day in humility before God or we come to God with humility, um, there's an invitation to pray to Him in a way that's different. Um, again, I don't know about you, but as I humble myself before God, one of the things that I usually don't come to God with is my laundry or my, my wish list of what I want God to do for me. I have all this list of things and people that I want to pray for, and there's nothing wrong with that. But as we humble ourselves and pray to God and seek His face, one of the things that will change in our prayer is that we'll begin to spend some time listening and being still to hear what God would, what's on God's heart. I mean, really, in this hour, for your life and for my life and for our nation in this hour, what is on God's heart? I don't know about you, but as I think about that, even out loud with you right now, I think one of the things that's on God's heart is God's heart is broken by what is going on. It, it breaks God's heart to see what is occurring. Now, you and I have been going back to this sowing seed analogy. Our country's been sowing this seed for a long time, and I don't have time to get into all that right now. I have in other messages. And I, and I think in a very real way, there are certain segments in our society that are reaping what have been sown. But it still doesn't change the heartbreak of it. It still doesn't change the sadness of it. And so I think part of this prayer is an invitation as we seek God's face to realize the the brokenness and the tearfulness and the pain of this moment and, and to embrace that and to, as we seek God's face and, and look on God's face, to share in that suffering and to share in the reality of what's going on and the way that that touches our life and what that means to us. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and oh, there's one more thing in this prayer, and turn from their wicked ways. 
Again, this is one of the things I shared about last week. Right now, I think in our lives with all the turmoil and the struggle that's going on, we keep looking around for people to solve the situation. Will you already do something, please? Um, And I'm just like you. I like quick solutions. I want it done like that. Actually, I wanted it done three or four days ago or a month ago, right? We all want quick solutions. That's part of what it is to be a human being. But, but part of the reality that I think you and I have yet to truly come home to and the church as a whole is that part of the reason why the world is in the shape that it is is because of our sinfulness as the church. Um, and that's not because I have any great insight. I really don't. I'm just going by what this verse says. I'm going by what this verse communicates. And what this verse communicates to me is that in order for God to heal the land, God's own people, if my people were called by my name, that would be you and me, and that would be the people of Israel in the day of Second Chronicles, if my people were called by my name, he's not talking about the rest of the world, he's not talking about this group and that group, he's not talking about a particular political group, he's not even talking about certain leaders, he's talking about my people, That would be me and you. So God says to Solomon, if my people will turn from their wicked ways. And so I think one of the things that this is clearly saying to us is in this hour, God is watching you and me. And and, um, again, I would invite you um, not to be walking about in fear after this message today. Um, not to be looking for some place, some bed you can crawl under and kind of hide from God for, uh, with. Um, that's not the intent of saying that. But it is to bring home the reality of this verse. And that is our repentance as God's people will have everything to do whether our land is healed or not. And again, I'm just going by this verse. That's what this verse is saying. Now, let me just share a little bit about turning from our wicked ways. Um, You know, some of us might think, well, that that was something easy to do. But if you've really tried to turn from the sin that is in your life, especially the sin that you keep on doing, even though you, part of you doesn't want to do it, but part of you does, um, you know, to turn from the wickedness in our own life, especially those besetting sins, is incredibly difficult. In fact, let me just say to all of us, I'm going to let us know, I believe, a really important truth, and that is it's humanly impossible for us to turn away from the sin in our life because we are sinners. Now, we are new creations in Christ. I affirm that. I believe we can walk in holiness. I believe by God's grace we can do things that you and I can't even begin to imagine. It's just I don't know about you, but I'm not there yet. I want to be there. I kind of have a sense of what that looks like. I've experienced it, but I'm not all the way there yet. And I'm still turning from my wicked ways. And maybe you are as well. And so this whole idea of turning is moving in a completely new direction. I could have a long sermon about this, but I don't have time today. But I want to just give you one idea that I'm still working on. And when I do it, it actually works. (laughs) When you're really tempted to commit that sin, whatever it is, um, a lot of times 
for me, when it's something I'm used to doing, I just go right for it, and I don't even think twice about it, and I feel uh, convicted later on, and I ask for forgiveness, and it, I'm forgiven. But what I want you to try to do is, is simply this. When you're tempted to do that sin, just pause for a moment and don't do it, and begin to pray. Just begin to pray and say, Lord, I'm humbling myself before you. I'm praying and seeking your face. Please help me to turn away from this sin, to turn away from my wickedness, and to come towards you in a new direction. And what that means is you will be doing something different than whatever that was. And this will feel strange to you. This will feel different to you. You'll have a realization, what just happened? I don't do this. You know, And that's what a new behavior looks like. That's what change looks like for you and me. It's something that moves us in a whole new, direc- a new direction. It says, I think it's true that it takes about two to three weeks to build a new habit. And even then, you've got to fight to keep it. So you see, this is what we're talking about. It'd be easy for me just to talk about this turning from wickedness and just kind of move on. But this, this I think, for us, in addition to humbling ourselves... I think these are two hinge points for us right now in the church. Humbling ourselves before the Lord and turning from our wicked ways. Just in your own life, just in your own heart, just in what you're doing, as you and I make that step, will be huge in the kingdom of God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will, and this is where the verse shifts, then I will hear from heaven. So you see, in some way, as you and I make this step of moving in a new direction toward God and turn toward Him and following Him in a way like we never have before, what happens in that moment is that, according to this verse, God's ears are open to our cry in a way like never before. Maybe the reason why our prayers aren't being answered is God is still waiting for us to turn toward Him. You know, we expect God to do whatever we want Him to do. Have you ever thought about the possibility that God is waiting for you to do what He wants you to do? (laughs) Yeah. Ever thought about that before? That might be one of the reasons why you've been waiting so long for something. is because you haven't turned toward God and doing what God wants you to do first. And my experience has been, God's one of those beings that just doesn't change his mind. (laughs) He's going to wait until we do it his way. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin. So again, this turning toward God from our wicked ways in a way that's new and following him, he will hear from heaven and forgive our sin. And I believe that forgiveness is going to be something that you know is real because more and more what's going to be happening is you'll no longer walk in that sin in your life. There'll just be a freedom. There'll be more of a joy. There'll be more of a sense of release and freedom. It'll be like you've been set free from prison because you have been. And you'll be amazed. And you'll realize that you did not do it. It was not in your own strength. It was not by your own might. You did not pull up your bootstraps. It was only because of the mercy and grace of Almighty God that you were able to walk in a way that was new. Then I will hear from heaven 
and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And this is what I closed with in my message last week. I think we could all agree on the basic supposition that our land, our nation, let's we're not even talk about the world right now, we'll just stay with the United States. Our land is in desperate need of healing on so many different levels. And in fact, I'm going to be so bold as not even to tell God where to start on that one. <laughs> I'm so glad God is God on that one. I said, God, you, you take it from wherever it needs to go because I have absolutely no idea. It's a quagmire. It's a mess. It's a mess to the 10th power. I have no idea where to begin. I have an idea, but I'm going to surrender to God on that because God knows better than me and he knows better than you or any other think tank or any other group of people. I will heal their land. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. And I'm only saying something that you already know if you're honest with yourself. We are at, well, we're beyond a turning point. We're going down and off a cliff. It's happening. It's going on right now. It's right before your eyes. And there are people behind the scenes that have plans about what they're going to do once we got off the cliff. No, I have no mistake about it. But I don't want to be a part of their plan, and I don't want you to be a part of it or the rest of America. I want to be a part of what God's plan is for this nation. And I believe God's plan for this nation is to bring healing of this nation through his people. So hear me today. You are... You are not a part of that. You are not a piece of that. You are a key to that that opens up the door to that. As you hear this verse today, I will heal their land from the Antichrist spirit, from lust, from murder, from lying, and from evil the global Satanist cults and the pedophile groups that are all over the world that we're finding out about more and more and more. It's just like a light has gone on and darkness is being exposed that has been there for a very long time and people getting away with it and hopefully no more. And what we need to pray into here is to pray for, the, for Christ to come in our lives like never before, for love, for life, for truth, for goodness, and for the love of God and one another. We need to be praying for the exact opposite of what's being manifested in the world right now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In closing, you might be saying to yourself, Father Joe, I've been praying so much, I just feel like I can't pray anymore. I'm prayed out. <laughs> I'm tuckered out. I feel like one of those rioters in Naples. I'm ready to go to bed. It's 9 p.m. My day's over. Don't give up. Get on your knees. Get on your face. Fall asleep there. But keep on going. Remember a friend of mine who was in Vietnam in the foxholes during the night and he heard bullets flying by his head all the time like that. I mean, you can hear when a bullet flies by your head when you're in a war like that, uh, and you realize he just missed you. 
And he goes, he never had any problem not going to sleep at night because he did what he had to do to stay alive. And that is in, that's the moment we're in right now. You're in a war, whether, you're, whether you realize it or not, it's happening right now on our watch. So humble yourself before God. Seek his face, pray, turn from your wicked ways, pray for me as I pray for you in that, that he will hear from heaven and forgive our sins and heal our land.